0: You're listening to Futures with Fractor. I'm your host, Shivani Gupta. This podcast is a product of eight weeks of intensive research, ideation, and experimentation. We started this year wondering why everything still felt so volatile. The diaper shortage, oil prices soaring, stock markets crashing, you name it. The uncertainty was all around, and we decided that instead of looking at this as you know something to be dismayed about, we could turn it into some well-structured curiosity. This podcast covers four pillars for resilience and growth for consumer brands in 2025. The one we're discussing today is experiential tech to connect. The idea is that it's not really about what's technically possible, but rather about what consumers will connect to and what they will see relevance in. I'd like to welcome our two speakers today. We've got Ivneet and Vimeet. So I'll start by introducing Ivneet. Ivneez has 14 plus years of experience working in analytical solutions across industries with a primary focus on business reporting and insight generation. She looks after the cloud and data tech needs for all our consumer brand clients at Factor. She's got an incredible expertise in requirement gathering, data modeling, solution design and development with an ability to contextualize the solution and the architecture to the given problem statement. Veneet has over three years of experience in implementing analytic solutions for consumer brands in their demand planning and warehouse automation functions. He is now part of a team at Fractal, which brings together AI, engineering, behavioral science, and design to tackle complex and unstructured problems for our clients. And what's amazing about both Ibnit and Vineeth is that they themselves are consumers of experiential tech. With that, we're going to get started. The first question I'd like to ask is to Vineet. Um, And it is, what is the role of tech for consumers and consumer brands today?
1: Thank you for asking that, uh, Shivani, and delighted to be here. So over the course of our study, one of the key insights that we uncovered was that the role of technology is increasingly becoming about enabling better consumer experiences. And there is an increasing need for brands uh, to use this data and all this data and technology at their disposal to reduce the transactionality in their interactions with their consumers.
0: Ivneet, as someone who works on uh, solution architectures for clients, how might they better understand their consumers and better understand how their consumers perceive technology today?
2: Thanks for asking the question. I'm happy to be here. look at this, uh, you know, response in two facets? Uh, Let's look at it inward uh, to begin with. Uh, You know, CPG companies have traditionally been known in terms of lack of data. Right. Compared to other industries, this is this is an industry which is dependent on data that's not coming in directly to them. And that's why we're looking at the concept of where every organization is going today, which is the whole concept of connected data economy. What it intrinsically means is you're able to not just relate what's inside your, your data sets, but you're also able to relate that data sets from what's going outside. Let's say a CPG company trying to relate the data uh, with with a healthcare care organization or trying to relate that data to a logistics company or trying to sell that information back to a retailer organization. And all of this with an intention of being able to leverage that information to make themselves out, you know, visible out there to their end consumers, right? That's where most of the organizations are moving towards. Now, that's the vision. And it's not easy to get the vision because there are a lot of other, you know, facets or components to it. To begin with, let's just talk about unifying your data sets, getting your information. Can I connect my supply chain data to my consumer information, to my marketing information? And hence, can I get, if need, to buy the product that's on the shelf? That last mile information, while it seems to be, you know, just about being recommending what to give to if need, but the backend engine requires uh, you know, all of these facets to be connected. So that's that concept of unifying the data itself. Once your data is unified, there is a whole requirement to democratize that information, uh, create trust in that data, who is using it, why is it being used, do I have the contextual information from, you know, the consumers that they are willing to give us that information, Then can, can that be used, that itself is a, you know, completely different layer on top. And then Of course, uh, you know, fueling that all of this to give that insights that all of this has to come together uh, to be able to uh, create that experience, you know, that last mile experience of letting consumer or if need connect uh, with the brand. So there's a lot of uh, back end engine that needs to come together uh, so that so that, you know, those brand stories are connected, uh, they reach the right consumer, they reach at the right time to the right channel. Uh, you know there is analysis to be done to saying should i put in you know almost like a square box on the website next time Ivneet comes to my website or should it be a you know a circle in which that message needs to come in and, and that's the level of uh, you know insight generation that we need to get to but but to get to that ecosystem it requires a heavy lifting to be done through this whole concept of data to tech
0: i want to ask uh, you know both of you i think Ivneet you you touched upon this a little bit when you spoke about you know consumers also becoming a little more aware of how their data is being used, where it's going, why are they being shown a circle or a square, you know, we, we've learned a lot about consumers saying, oh, my God, my phone is listening to me, my, you know, services are listening to me. So in this, you know, realm of uh, connected ecosystems of data, what do you think is the trade off that consumers are willing to make today? You know what? What is the relationship between privacy and experience for people?
2: Look at it from a convenience perspective. Now, if there is, and that's where I, I we most of the organi- or you know consumers are now connecting with their CPG organizations. It's more of relatability. It's more of convenience. When I say convenience, I'm talking about I'm ordering anything and everything through an e-commerce channel. A couple of years back, even when the pandemic happened, a lot of products were pushed through an e-commerce, which traditionally were never on the e-commerce websites. Now that piece, if if that allows me. To get the product, not in two days, not in a couple of hours, but in a couple of minutes, I am willing to give my information. I'm willing to, you know, give them a, an email address or a phone number so that they can connect with me and they can, you know, talk to me about it. And and, and that's if they're meeting that convenience, you know, perspective, why not? Second, in terms of relatability. Okay? If you look at it from that perspective, you're talking about sustainability. We are talking about, you know, brands becoming more conscious of the environment. Now, if there is a brand which is running, let's say, and there are like, for example, Anidas does that, right? For example, they, they, they run drives where, you know, they get people together, go for runs with an overall messaging saying, you know, why do not you come and wear our shoes which are made of ocean plastic? Now, that's something that I could relate to. So I'm willing to give that information so that they could connect with me similarly there could be you know brands that are talking about fruit juices made up of you know fruits which are deformed and cannot be at the shelf now that's something that it's adding health benefits to me and it's it's doing some good to i mean that's the way i would perceive it i'm willing to give that information out, right so the way i try to break it down is relatability and convenience not so much in terms of the monetary outcome of it right i don't want x percentage of my that trade-off is very very contextual very uh very fine line of difference in terms of the kind of products that you're talking about.
0: I think it's interesting to, uh, you know, see that shift that people are not looking for extrinsic benefits um, when they share their data now, but more intrinsic in and- what connects to them at an identity level. So I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. Vineet, anything to add? You know, have you seen a counter trend actually towards tech? Because I know Ibnit was talking a lot about moving towards e-commerce and moving towards everything being online. Have you, you know, kind of noticed that people want anything other than that? Or are we all headed for online existence?
1: Well, the problem, I think, with uh, brands utilizing your con- uh, the data that they get uh, through like online, different online purchase points is that you never know what they're going to use it for. I, for example, am one of those people who like really like hesitate before giving any, like it's like strictly necessary cookies on all sites as a matter of habit. Because the problem is that the way this information comes back and Ibnit also made that point about, you know, offering discounts. If they are utilized in a way that it is actually, I'm getting a better product for the use of my data, especially if I know how my data is being used. So there are many examples, especially uh, with emerging technology like blockchain and the decentralized economy that everybody's talking about, where users actually have control over their data and they actually own their data to, to a large extent. These are like experiments that are being carried out in various pockets of the world. But I think the potential for that, especially when it comes to things like personalization, which is a favorite among all CPG conversations that is uh, like to me it's a quite quite an interesting uh, development
0: it needs for you what are some key pieces of infrastructure or back end that organizations should be getting ready with today to enable this kind of experimentation
2: i like to call it an onion the peels of the onion right it's there's no single source and say this is what you need to do but you need to start somewhere and start small and i started uh, my uh, you know, discussion with with this concept of unifying the data. So that's about getting your platform story right. And there is enough and more cloud on-prem legacy system kind of options, uh, depending on how much data do you have, what is it that you want to do with the data, get that story right first. And that's going to be the starting point uh, for you to build that connected, uh, you know, ecosystem. So that when we, we say the data platforms, it's about being able to get data from multiple sources. And like I said, CPG companies may be, already you know organizations where data is not something which is already readily available are there external data sets that i can pick in you know can we learn from other industries can i pick up retailer information once that information comes in, it's all about being able to put in a layer on top of it, which we call as the you know governance uh, layer, which is all about people, processes, and and technology enabling that. Is my data what I'm getting in? Is that is that of good quality? You know, can I even use that information to make some sense out of it? Uh, who's using that information? are uh, my KPIs currently defined, you know, correctly defined? And I'll give you a very simple example. We've seen, you know, in, in that layer where your your finance team is looking at a, at an attribute called sales value and the same attribute is being you looked at by the uh, marketing team, right? Now, there is always this stiff between the finance team would want to look at it as, as sales value before tax and after tax because even a 0.1% decimal makes a difference whereas that world doesn't change for a marketing manager so once you build that data platform is my consumption layer created in such a way we call that semantic models are created in such a way that they're readily explainable to your business users they do not have to you know fish for the data and make sense of that data it should be intuitive enough for them to you know start crunching decisions out of it the third layer of that peel is is pretty much the layer of observability uh, can, are my workflows so transparent that I know how the data is flowing, where the data is flowing, what is feeling, how is it feeling? So that's that whole concept of observability, and of course, the last one is is the decision systems in itself, where I'm actually going and touching uh, a consumer end uh, and you know making his his experience better. So so it, those are those different layers, uh, and most of the organizations are at different levels of maturity. It's it's not a one size fit bucket. These are different. And today, most of the services in the market from a technology perspective are modular in nature. And that's how we would also suggest, uh, you know, in going. So you need to pick and choose the specific module or the specific, uh, you know, component that 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 that's failing you in today's uh, overall data and to, you know, insights lifecycle in this whole digital transformation journey.
0: I think that's a great way to look at it, right? Wondering and, and identifying the spot where you're feeling and fixing that before you, I guess, try to expand much beyond it so we need for you you know related to that can you tell people who are listening what might be a fringe or out there use case that brands today could Try experimenting with, you know, immediately, even if they're at varying levels of the majority that Avneet has just talked
1: about. So one important part about consumer uh, brands especially is thinking about how the industry can be disrupted in the future, especially when we look at the sheer amount of uncertainty and the sheer pace of innovation uh, that is uh, happening in the industry today. Uh, Brands have to be ready. And increasing like a, when when you speak about a fringe segment especially in the consumer of today conscious consumerism is i mean it used to be maybe a fringe like a few years ago but it is increasingly coming into the mainstream so it is very important for brands within their ex- existing skus ex- existing product lines to make sure that they are catering to this increasingly significant um, segment of consumers uh for example there's one experiment that is particularly that i particularly found fascinating was uh there was this there's this research university in Japan that has come up with uh chopsticks that actually simulate the taste of uh saltiness, the taste of salt on your tongue when you're eating. So you don't really need to use um a large amount of salt or uh, or potentially in the future any any salt in your food. Now think about what would happen to the Mondelez of the world if someone comes up with a similar thing for sugar. I mean, I mean for all the like for all for all the problems people have with sugar and salt and we know it would completely turn the industry over on its head so it is important to keep experimenting and and with with these product lines and and seeing where certain paths of the future would take you.
0: Incredible thank you Ibnit and Vineet for being with us today we will have an external speaker segment right after this.
1: Thank you. Thank you it was a
2: pleasure.
0: Welcome everyone for the final segment of our emerging tech episode in this series, we'd like to welcome Andy Walter. Andy is the former senior VP for Procter & Gamble IT and Shared Services. With an incredible 26 years as a tech executive and over five years as an independent board director and strategic advisor. He's also the author of Waiting is Not in Action. Hi, Andy. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing fantastic, Shivani. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So excited to have you here. And I'm just going to dive right into the tough questions. So let's go. The first one for you is, um, you know, as a practitioner, advisor and consumer yourself, what are you most excited about when you think of technology for consumer brands moving towards 2025?
3: Yeah, I, you know, the things that really excite me is... The impact now that AI is having across so many business processes and allowing us to do things we hadn't done before. But I'll tell you that the other emerging thing that gets me real excited is this whole augmented reality and the role that's going to play along with AI to really change our lives. You know, so there's been lots of discussions on virtual reality and and the meta and all that type of thing. AR is where I think, you know, it's going to reduce so much friction for consumers and make a huge impact.
0: And on the sort of counter, uh, you know, question, what do you think could make brands obsolete or redundant in the next few years?
3: I think the biggest risk to brands, and and the first thing that's really interesting is there's no business that's too big to be disrupted anymore. I think when you think about digitization and e-business and everything like that, we used to think that you know, a lot of big consumer brands and brands in general were, and they had a moat around them. They, they couldn't be disrupted. And that's no longer the case. What's the number one risk I see to them is losing trust. Trust is an incredible, incredible value right now. This entire generation um, that's coming to age is all about who are the companies I work with and, you know, what type of values do they have? What type of purpose do they have? What type of principles do they have? So losing trust, and you can lose it in lots of ways. You could lose it through cyber threats. You could lose it to not playing progressively on sustainability or other critical social issues. So, so I think what will make folks redundant or actually allow them to get disrupted is if they lose trust. And, and that's going to be a core factor in everything they do. We've seen companies that lose control of their data. And it takes years to recover from that loss of trust.
0: And Andy, on that, do you feel that, you know, there is a way to use tech to gain trust or that we're always going to be in some kind of trade-off between technology advancement and and trust with it?
3: No, I I absolutely believe there's tech can help on on building trust. Obviously, how you approach your technology implementations and the policies and, and how you how you behave and act is going to build strong loyalty and trust with consumers or not. Second is by being very transparent. I think, you know, folks are looking for transparency. And uh, I think the more you can do that, the better. In the end, you know, you build trust when you create value for those consumers, for the shoppers, whatever it might be. So um, that's what they're going to be looking for. And, and I think you can leverage your tech and your approach to um, build that with them.
0: I think convenience was one of the key motivators for people. Um, you know, we, we, did a, we did a lot of interviews during the study, and, and that was one of the things they always came back to. That when push came to shove, convenience was still um, one of the biggest motivators for whether they chose brand A or brand B. Um, and people are willing to risk a lot or pay a lot for, for that kind of convenience.
3: Absolutely. If you, ma- if you make my life easier, I am, I'm all in, right? So it's, if you eliminate friction or, or create convenience, You know, they want that.
0: What is one piece of advice you give organizations um, to better deal with this increasing volatility and uncertainty that they're faced with?
3: Well, I think when you think of a lot of these technology trends we've been talking about and and the incredible potential of things like AI or augmented reality or things like that, the thing that I end up coaching a lot of people on is you got to think about the organization and operating model to really take advantage of those. You know, so what does it mean to operate at digital speed? You know, what does it mean if you have an AI engine that has the potential to be pricing and repricing your products or your offerings in a dynamic way? You know, the old model and of organizations and, and how you lead these and the operating models are, are not going to be sufficient to win in this new world. You know, so, so that's the thing that it's, don't just think about, The technology, you know, and I'm a technologist, so it's funny to say, don't just think about the technology. You got to think about, you know, how we're going to operate, what's going to be our business model, what's going to be our organization model to um, really take advantage of these things. And the ones that not only figure out how to leverage AI or technologies like that, but also figure out how do we organize to win as a company with these are the ones that are going to win. You know, you don't have to. Invest a lot to begin experimenting and innovating in some of these key trends that we've been talking about. If you're not into AI yet, you're already behind. You need to get moving on this. You need to find some strategic partners you can work with. I have some recommendations, obviously. You know, you need to start thinking about how do I how do I win with this thing? You know, and and all the folks that are sitting there waiting and, and playing not to lose, you know, they're going to lose.
0: As a technologist, how do you stay up to date? What do you read? What do you watch? If you had one recommendation for our listeners, what would that be?
3: You know, it's I, it's less of one thing. It's more of build a, a broad network of advisors that you trust. So, so my network, as I got very externally focused about seven years ago, has grown immensely. So I have a large group of people that I can reach out to. And I also watch what they're posting and what they're sharing and everything like that. So so I learn most from my network now. It is incredibly diverse. It's around the world. It's facilitated for me via LinkedIn and Facebook and places like that. and And I see all the latest and greatest from the people that I follow and I'm connected with. That's what I'd recommend. Get a very strong network in place that you can take advantage of.
0: That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning and sharing your insights and ideas for the not-so-distant and kind of distant future of consumer brands. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Futures with Fractal. We hope that you found things that validated some of your hunches, revealed some blind spots, and most of all, opened your mind to the possibilities for the not-so-distant future. I'm your host, Shivani Gupta, and you're listening to Futures with Fractal.